Alpha Vulnerability Unveiled, a candid chat with Josh Kosnick, leadership expert and resilient athlete. Join us for this insightful conversation with Josh Kosnick, a leadership expert, former college athlete, and proud father of four. Josh delves into his unique concept of alpha vulnerability and shares his inspiring journey of resilience from being knocked down to climbing back up. Don't miss this opportunity to learn from a man who embodies perseverance and advocates for men's mental health. Tune in for a dose of motivation and leadership wisdom. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit more about the guests that we have here today. Meet Josh Kosnick, a competitive yet compassionate leader advocating for men's mental health. Driven by faith, he inspires others to overcome struggles, build a legacy, and prioritize authenticity and generosity. Having bootstrapped his way to success, he values hard work and perseverance. His leadership style focuses on nurturing talent and putting people over Profits. I'm so pleased to help welcome Mr. Josh. Hey, April. I'm so happy to be here with you. What a great intro. Thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you for honoring us today because this is going to be an exciting topic. I just know that. I love when we have guests on the show that advocate for men's health specifically. So much of it seems to be advocating for women's health. And I love to see a balance of both because we're all here sharing the planet, aren't we? So that yeah. said, let's start by sharing a little bit more about you. Yeah, my favorite topic is my kids. So you started with that. So that's my proudest title as father of a four. I have three little girls and a little boy. So I have to balance both of being you know, a healthy example as a father to three beautiful daughters, and then be that role model to the son that uh, we want to uh, raise to be a healthy male influence in our society as well. So mo majority of my day is pouring into leaders and their teams as I am a leadership coach and, I, uh, and EOS implementer. And I get the opportunity to help them overcome all the roadblocks and all the obstacles entrepreneurs face on a daily basis. So it is my joy to absolutely help them overcome those quicker, a lot quicker than I did. So I, uh, I, with that being said, I'm happy to be here, happy to be of impact to you and your audience. Well, something that drew me initially very quickly, Josh, is, of course, we spend a lot of time on social media, don't we? And us as influencers, and especially those of us who interview many influencers, is that we, we keep an eye on who's providing incredible content, content that are, is inspiring and gives the audience knowledge and applicable tips and tricks that they can utilize in their life. And you, sir, do an incredible job at that. I love oh, seeing you. your videos come through my feed. And LinkedIn is my favorite playground. It's that more <laughs> of that business entrepreneur area. And I, I just really love the messages that you do that you bring. Not only do you bring a high quality product, a production product, but the message behind it is very real, authentic, inspiring, all of those things that really stand by your value and mission and brand. Yeah, thank you. It's been a journey to learn this stuff because I was in the financial industry before starting my coaching practice and having many years in that industry where we were really not allowed to be on social media so much or build a brand on social media. So it's been a journey over the last two years of learning. And for, for me, I didn't want to be an influencer. I wanted to be of value and be impactful. So I'd rather be of impact and make sure that uh, 
the messages and, and just learnings that I can give bite-sized nuggets and people can learn day by day. You know, let's talk about that a little bit, Josh, because you, you mentioned I didn't want to be an influencer. And I think that for those of us who want to make a impact, it is words like that and thoughts like that that can tend to, to, to hinder us a little bit, right? Where we're like, I don't really want to be this person or idolized, or I don't want my name behind it necessarily. A lot of us go into it with not utilizing our name at the forefront, but we create this, what we feel is an impactful title, an impactful, uh, you know, the wellness driven life show, not the April Chavez show, et cetera. And, you know, sometimes we have to hire out for people to present us in such a fashion where it is getting in front of people in such a way. I would never put my picture on anything. So I have to have somebody else do that. Things like that. What has that been like for you, Josh, where you've run into some hindrances of, of that mentality, that idea of, I don't want to appear like this, but I do in fact want to make an impact. Well, so the first thing is, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for impact? Because if you're doing it for impact and others, then it shouldn't matter what, if our face is on it or what our voice sounds like or who's going to listen or pay attention to, right? Because we're trying to impact one. It's the same mentality I go to like when I give a keynote speech is it doesn't matter if you're the best speaker in the world. If you're Ed Milet, Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, whoever, like if you're the best speaker on the planet, it doesn't matter. Like you're, there's going to be someone in that audience that'll be like, oh, this guy's full of shit or whatever their topic may be. You're not going to please everyone in that day. So my point is like, if I can impact one with this message, then I did my job. If I, if I could just impact one. So I'm, I'm trying to serve, whether it's a, a, a keynote talk that I'm giving or whether it's a podcast that I'm doing or whether it's a post that I'm making on social media, it's me being of service to others. And the more that you share your message, like I think one of the biggest things people can't get used to at first, especially starting a podcast is we all hate the sound of our own voice. And so when you listen to your own voice on playback, you're like thinking to yourself like, oh, do I really sound like that? And after a while, I will tell you all, you do get used to it. And you're like, oh, I guess I can sound both ways, the way I sound in my own head. And then the way I sound when I put my you know AirPods in and listen to my own voice. So you get past that. You, it just comes with repetition. Or like you mentioned, putting a picture uh, of yourself with whatever message that you have. Uh, I didn't like that either. I will say that. Like, I don't need to be the voice or face of this. I just want my message to be received. Well, okay. Well, then, Josh, if you want your message to be received, then you got to know that the algorithm should, like, people will look at it more if you have a picture with it. Yeah. Okay. So I learned that. Learn, okay, now I got to do like a lifestyle photo shoot. And so we go and do that. And I get, you know, pictures in a suit, pictures in a t-shirt, picture, whatever, wherever. Like, you know, you do those things. And so now you have a little Rolodex of pictures you post of yourself, which again, is still weird. But the point is that if you're trying to, like, I get it. It's still weird. However, if you're trying to get a point across to serve, to make an impact in someone's life, you just go through you learn from the, the social media experts, which I'm not one. I just listen to them well. And then you post what you're going to post and people will be impacted. And what's crazy is it's not majority of the time. It's not the people liking and commenting on your posts that are being impacted, although they may give you some affirmations right away. A lot of times I'm getting reached out to for people that want to get coached by me or want to be in one of my masterminds or want to do something to be in my life somehow, they'll reach out like, hey, I haven't uh, liked a lot of your posts, but I've been following what you're doing. And I just got to tell you, it's been really impactful. And I have a question on X. And then all of a sudden the doors are open. So just know that it's not always going to be the people that are commenting and liking your stuff. There will be those that are highly impacted by your words or by something you did or posted. And they surface to you months later. And they're like, hey, just wanted to let you know this. And you're like, holy cow, that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot I can take from this because I, and of course I chuckle because I experience all of these things as well. And, you know, you don't expect yourself to become 
this influencer or the face of something necessarily when when you step into it and then it kind of naturally comes that way and people who are interested in in you and the messages because they're interested in you and when we come to the sound of your voice, I, I, I chuckle at that too, because when I watch my air interviews, um, I tend to clench my teeth when I watch myself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, and I just kind of like, and and we we do that, right? It's easy to do that to, uh, to judge ourselves very, mm -hmm. very harshly or thoroughly. And at the same time, um, you know, you get used to it. And there's an interesting, uh, powerful thing. There's a lot of science behind it when we, and I'm going kind of a different direction, but in, in the sense of listening to our own voice, there's a lot of power with that in how when we hear our own voice, those things really stick. So if we're, we're voicing really powerful messages and lessons in our stories because we want to influence and impact somebody and make a great difference, it also does the same thing for us. And mm. our brains just, it sticks so much more because it is our own voice. A lot of people will do that. They'll um, record powerful affirmations that they say to themselves, changes that they want to make. This is neuroscience. This is things like that. And when they listen to it, it just, uh, again, it sticks a lot more. That's interesting you say that. Well, then me listening to my own podcast, then that just affirms that I should be continuing to do that. And I do it I, honestly because I want to see how well I did in continuing the conversation with that person to see if I can get better in any different area. But I also listen to it. Probably the primary reason is when I'm interviewing, like you are interviewing me right now, I'm not able to take notes and really soak in as much as I need to soak in from that guest. So I want to make sure that I'm taking that time to learn from the guest that I just had as well. So I typically listen to the podcast that I do. That is the cool thing. It's right. It's kind of like anytime we come to a place that's familiar, there's always something new that we can recognize with it and see and sense like, oh, I didn't realize that that was there. And it's always been there. And you see it with a fresh perspective and new eyes. It's just like when we read a book for the second or third or fourth time, we gain some sort of new experience from it. Yep. So let's talk a little bit, Josh, about how you got started. Now, I know that you have mentioned that so much of this is for your children. I know that when you first got into... Uh, I want to call it broadcasting, but interviewing, you thought to yourself, well, this is something that I can give back to my children. It's going to stay here forever and they can come back to it and listen and get some insight and knowledge. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I was in the financial advisory industry for a very long time. I owned a large firm at about 250 employees and I was coaching, training, developing people all the time. And so that's what I really enjoy doing is impacting others through some really personal situations, helping them elevate either in business or in life, whatever it might be. When my marketing person came to me and asked me to start a podcast, I was like, yeah, it wasn't really on my plan for that year. I uh, didn't know exactly how it was going to go. I hadn't done that. But the strength that I had in my financial advisory career is all I did was ask questions of people to determine where they wanted to go with their life, to determine their goals, their dreams, whatever it might be, in my personal practice, as well as, as I was recruiting and developing people. So me asking questions had become second nature. Me, you know, quote unquote, interviewing people had become second nature. So it actually was, was very seamless for me to start that. But I really, he had all the marketing reasons for me to start, you know, position me as more a leader in the community, uh, we'd get some more brand recognition to the firm, yada, yada, all the marketing stuff. And I was like, that all sounds good. Uh, I'm going to do this because I want my kids to have my voice because I was in the life insurance industry, because I had paid death claims to people that were, you know, younger than me, even I know that life is fragile. I'm very aware of my mortality. And so for me, it became an opportunity where I could have my voice on there. They could have some of my leadership principles. They could have some of my thoughts, my values, my visions, 
and then also these amazing people that I was interviewing and they would always have my voice if anything happened to me. And so, so that's, that's why I did it. That's, that's beautiful. And I'm starting to sense a theme maybe because, and, and you're wearing the shirt, I'll bring it up again, but Kairos, is that, am I saying that right? Coaching? Kairos. Kairos. Ky I'm not Close, saying that yeah. right. <laughs> Kairos coaching. So that stems from Greek. And so do you want to explain a little bit about what the meaning of that is and, and why you came for that as business? Because I know that you, you came from the financial industry and we talk a little bit about how you're very aware of mortality. You wanted to give something to the children because life is precious. You never know when time comes. And I too am very aware of that coming from the law enforcement background, seeing that Anytime. I know that uh, the most dangerous thing we do every day is get into a vehicle and almost most of us get into a vehicle every single day. And yeah. so when you see things like that, you know, working with people uh, because they have passed away or you see that constantly, it comes to the forefront. Now, when you stepped into business, you chose to go a certain direction with the name and there's a lot of intention drive behind that. Yeah, you're right. And so thank you. Kairos means in, in ancient Greek, an opportune time. It's also in the New Testament. And so it's a biblical term as well. And it's a, a divine time when God acts or appointed time when God acts. And so either way, either definition, very, very similar. The moment is now or an, a divine or opportune moment. And really, if you think about it, all we have is the present moment. Because we don't know, April or I, if we were to drop dead from a heart attack or something right here and now. All we have is the moment. And I just think that in our life right now, as I was assessing business names and what I wanted my brand to be, a good friend brought Kairos up as a concept. And as I delved into it more, I'm like, that's it. And so uh, it, it was really kind of a, a God-driven thing that helped bring this to light for me. And it just represented everything that I represent when I work with people is like, we don't, we're not promised tomorrow. So why aren't we, why do we keep saying, oh, I'm going to start tomorrow. Or I'm going to start after the new year. Or I'm going to start like, no, you don't know if you're going to get there. If you want to do this, if this is important to you, if changing your life for the better or being more present as a father or being a better leader is important to you then now, the mm. moment is now. And so that's where Kairos are really meant to me and is continuing to mean to me as I continue on on this path. I love that, Josh. It reminds me of a posting that you did, which very much um, drew in a very emotional response from me. And I think that's what I love so much about the things that you post is you're so authentic. It can evoke that emotion within us. And it was about being present with your kids. And so I want to talk a little bit in a minute about what it means to be able to be in the present moment and be a parent and do business and do all of the things, right? Because I think that's where people get confused on because I'm so busy and I'm doing all the things, I don't have time to be present. And it's a skill that needs to be honed in and, and worked with. And the reason that it came to with our children and have it being present with our children is because, you know, they grow so fast, right? You hear people say that all the time. I mean, you turn around and then all of a sudden they're graduating and they're starting their own lives. And then you brought in a statistic about mm, you. Oh, my wife hates this one. You're with your children, you know, this percentage of the time. And then they're, they're often doing their own thing. And then you get to see them, you know, this often. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So my wife hates the st statistic that I bring up, but it helps ground me in being uh, more present uh, because studies have shown that we will spend the 65% of the time that we will ever spend with our children by age 12. And that number jumps to 95% by the time they're 18. So 95% of the time you will ever spend with your child, assuming you get to live a long, healthy life and don't have anything happen to you or your child doesn't have anything happen to them before then, 95% of it is gone by the time they're 18. 
And so it's just an amazing grounding statistic, which yes, can elicit emotion because you may have not be as present as you'd like to be for your family now. And so I talk a lot about that as well. We have, it is a skill. So we mm -hmm. as humans, as entrepreneurs, as driven people, or just even in the work, you have to get good at prioritizing what needs to be prioritized and getting that done during the workday. Because if you don't, you're going to take it home with you and then you're not going to be present with your kids or your spouse. And then you're going to go to work the next day and you're going to be feeling guilt and shame about not being present with your spouse or your kids. And you're going to repeat the cycle over and over and over until you put a stop to it and say, I got all my shit done. Can I swear on the show? I forgot to ask you that. <laughs> that one is fine. <laughs> okay. I won't say any worse words than that. Sorry. Uh, but like you have, you have to get it done during the workday. And so yeah. that you can go home with this, like just stuff off your shoulders and you're home and you're able to be present. And then we have the, you know, these, these devices that are near us at all times. And it's, it's becomes a distraction and unless you put safeguards around you, unless you put safeguards around them, you won't be present and you'll get yourself caught in this guilt and shame cycle. You will. And so there's a lot that we can unpack here and, and I certainly will want to, we're going to move into our commercial. And when we get back, let's highlight a few more aspects of how that comes up with us and why, and what we can do about it. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone, here with Josh Koshnick. And Josh, you are talking about being present in the present moment. But not only that, you know, honing in on the skill of being present and prioritizing your day in order to have that right time in the right moment to meet life in such a way that it is most beneficial for us and for the people around us. So that said, something that I would love to know is you're very passionate about the subject and you're very good at it. You're very good at describing it and sharing why it's so important. So I would love to know, Josh, what, what came to the forefront for you where this really impacted you, this knowledge and why it is so important to you? Just being a type A entrepreneur driven person, I saw my father, so I'm very much my father's son. I should have started with that. And he was the same person in that regard, was a high functioning entrepreneur that took our family from lower class to upper middle class. I saw the progression throughout my childhood. That being said, it came with some consequences. There were, you know, nights where he would take some of his stress out on my mother and I, uh, me being the oldest of four. 
and not in a physical way. I want to be very clear about that. But there was some emotional and, and verbal uh, stuff there that, you know, for him and I, it fractured our relationship a bit uh, as I was becoming an independent male myself and growing up in those, not just those teenage years, but into my 20s, I harbored some resentment against him because of that. And so as I chose to go down the entrepreneur path and kind of follow in his footsteps, that was one thing I wanted to change. It wasn't the title. It wasn't the job. It wasn't becoming an entrepreneur that made him that way. It was that he didn't unlearn some of those bad habits himself. And so I wanted to make sure that whatever that was, that the buck stopped with me, that no matter what, whether you choose to be an entrepreneur or entrepreneur or whatever you do for, or, or stay at home, it doesn't matter. The point is being the best example to your kids as possible to raise them into high functioning human beings for the rest of the society. Like there's already enough damaged human beings walking this earth. We don't need to raise anymore. Yeah. Yes, I I understand that. It's interesting because I was having a discussion about that last night or this morning, but my husband and I were talking about that and what it was like growing up with our parents and our grandparents and how, you know, being raised has shaped us and it and it trickles on through the generations and is it coming to a point where it's beginning to slow down and stop? I mentioned that, you know, I said at some point, it's going to be so historical, the way that where it's really the, the. I don't know what happened there. It's going to be so historical, the negativity and how we're being raised that it's going to be something of the past, like, you know, how we we had public ex uh, executions, et cetera, something you know, that's, that's pretty extreme, but why not? I think that when we start to encourage each other to not be that way, to learn how to respond differently in order to be a better example for ourselves and our children and those around us, it certainly starts changing the trajectory of what our future looks like. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. The, you know, when I confronted my father about some of the things, we'll just call it things. He, um, he said, well, where do you think I got it from? Yeah. You know, and he said, he was referencing his father. And I said, yeah, but dad, you, you know, better, you knew like you, yeah. you, <laughs> like I was like, kind of going into, it. I was like, you studied self-development. You taught me self-development. Like I, I kind of, it was just one of those interesting conversations and my dad and I are, are good. It's just a, it was one of those things that we had to have a man-to-man -man conversation as I get out or got older, because as you get older, you realize that your heroes, your parents aren't perfect people and they did the best that they could. And we're doing the best that we can. But at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to achieve what you just mentioned without a lot of unlearning and people being yeah. able to have some humility and lessen their ego and realize that, hey, no, the buck stops with me. This generational curse isn't passing. Like the the rub dirt on it, you know, uh, don't cry, don't show emotions to our young boys and, and raise them into guarded, broken men. Um, that, that doesn't work. We've already seen that. So you gotta, the buck has to stop with each and every one of us to make sure that our kids are being raised as healthy as possible and that they don't have to unlearn as much as we had to unlearn. Well, and Josh, you're such an incredible uh, example of that. And that's why I appreciate so much that you shed light to that and you want to be this new definition of, of alpha, you know, of this new definition of vulnerability, this new definition of all of these things and what it really looks like and how it actually can empower us. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. I try, like uh, none of us are perfect. I try every single day to be better. And uh, it's interesting, you know, the masculinity topic, uh, you know, the we're toxic masculinity. I don't know where that started. However, it needs to end because masculinity in and of itself isn't toxic. It's not. So I'm sorry if anyone wants to jump on the bandwagon to disagree, but it's not. True masculinity is being a protector, being, being a provider. And you can be masculine, you can be an alpha and be vulnerable. Like I like to joke with people, like I'm a cigar smoking 
gun toting, bourbon drinking, um, you know, white straight male. I'm supposed to be everything society is teaching you to hate. And on the flip side of that, I'm helping people get through their traumas. I'm helping people become better human beings and show a better way and be the example to my daughters and show that, hey, no, you can be an alpha. You can be a type A alpha entrepreneur, hard driving, passionate, and still be able to cry in an interview, be able to cry on stage and be able to show that side that men weren't like so in, in an essence like or in some senses i am like the best example because i am so far on the masculine like if we say the masculine to feminine scale i'm so far on this masculine side that like i can show like hey no we can bring it to the middle and show our vulnerability and be able to show people that it's okay and show tough rugged men that it's okay to unlearn these bad habits that we were taught well and with that you know, you, you move through life so much more fluidly. I don't know any other way to explain that. In martial arts, it's like the uh, the warrior in the garden. That's a very mm -hmm. simple way that I can explain it. It's a beautiful expression of life when you know how to fight and you know exactly when to and when not to. And you know how to bring peace you know, when the time is right for that. And you have this, this bigger idea and perception and awareness of all of those things. Yeah, I love that example. You should tell that story or tell the analogy that if people don't know it. Uh, you'd rather be a warrior in a garden. Yeah. Than a gardener in a war, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's, I, I like to go back to, I've had many guests on the show, just like you've interviewed so many people, which is incredible because we get to hear so many stories and wisdom that comes to the, to the table and we get to share that. And I had a guest that said, and we were talking about the food industry and how unhealthy we are because of what we consume, because of environmental factors, et cetera. And he said that it's not anyone's fault. And, and because it's what we have been conditioned to, it's the environment that we've been placed in, right? So if we consider that, you walk into a grocery store and what's the first thing you see? It's candy, it's chips, and you're hungry. And what do you go to, right? Because that is the environment that we have been placed in. And so until we start educating ourselves, until we come to the awareness that, oh, I need to start shopping on the outskirts of the store and then I'm going to make better choices or what have you, that we, we don't fully start to develop into something greater. And so I think that there is that, that piece of ourselves where we need to bring in the compassionate component of it's okay. And now that I know this, how do I proceed? So Josh, one of the questions that I would love to ask you is you work with a lot of men, you work with a lot of people. What has been some of the key things that you hear? What's a lot of the, the issues that you're hearing and coming across? The number one reason or number one thing that I think will shock most people is they don't feel worthy. Oh, yeah. They don't feel worthy of the success that they're currently having. And they don't feel worthy of the success that they want to have. That's the number one thing that comes up. That is very powerful and interesting because I think that I hear a lot of that with the feminine side as well. So it might be fair to say that as a whole on a, a more conscious aspect of us in humanity, there is this worthiness piece coming up. And I think that if you consider the background and all of the past traumas from all of the generation after generation after generation of traumas, it certainly could make sense for us. So Josh, when you come across that, what are the things that you help guide your audience to? Yeah, that's a good question. It's So it's a little bit different for everyone, I would say. Uh, however, the foundation starts the same. And for those that don't believe in God, I 
it's a little bit harder to answer that because my first foundation is like, have you read what he thinks about you? Yeah. Like what, what does the word, what does God think about you? Like that's first and foremost, what I think about and try to get them to research for themselves and come to a conclusion. And once we have that, then we can start to build a case of all the success that they've had in their lives up to this point. Because one of the things that we live in often, especially in the social media world, is we live in lack. We live in this gap that uh, what Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy wrote in their book, Gap in the Gain, where we're <laughs> trying to strive towards an ideal. And by definition, ideal an ideal is something that we can't ever attain. And so what we need to start focusing on is the gratitude and the success and all the things that we've overcome in our life. Like, by all means, every single one of us that woke up this morning is undefeated. Mm. You're undefeated. Every single thing that's come your way, you've woken up today and you've overcome. And if you're going through something right now, remember the word says this too shall pass. And you're going to overcome that. And then you're going to look back on it 10 years ago. Oh, remember that? That sucked, but look where I'm at now. Yeah. And so we start to build a foundation of not only what does he say about me, and then now what, what have I done throughout my life to overcome and build this foundation that we're currently standing on today? That's a lot of times why people don't go for their dreams either. They're, they actually don't have a fear of failure, which most people, most people, I think, mistake a fear of failure for a fear of success. Like, well, what right. if I don't get it? What, what if, what do my friends think about me? What do I... What if I fail? Like, like you don't think you're going to learn as you're climbing that mountain? That's going to help you. Even if you did fall down, that you're going to, it's going to tee you up for the next thing. You are. And that's the thing that people got to realize and just build some. So self-confidence, self-worth, and self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is where we need to get everyone to, where we, they need to get themselves to. And you build that through keeping little promises to yourself over time. Mm. The people that are the most broken are typically the ones that fail to keep their own word to themselves. Oh, very powerful and accountability. Well, Josh, a lot of what I hear is that you bring people back to, well, first of all, uh, God loves us so unconditionally. And, you know, something that you might find interesting that I came across recently was God loves us so unconditionally that he gave us the, uh, the power and the choice to even uh, consider not loving ourselves, if that makes sense. So loves us so unconditionally that that he gives us the, the choice to not to feel and experience no love, which is an interesting concept to come across. Right. But it just it paints a picture of this expansion that we uh, it's very difficult for us to comprehend as human beings. And yet when we go back to, you mentioned about revisiting all of the accomplishments that we have experienced and remembering how incredible we are, that we have been able to move past the trials and tribulations in life and to succeed and feel empowered, that we've all experienced those things, which leads us into, you know, that we get to also experience the fact that we, um, losing my train of thought, but, and I, and you mentioned it before and I'm trying to get back to it. Um, this, I'm going to stop cause I can't, <laughs> I, had a, I had a good track and then I lost it. It happens. So, um, I think that when we think about the things that we have done, it just gives us so much power to be able to move forward into something else. Identity is also something that really comes up for me strongly in this conversation. We have this false sense of identity that when it's it's our worlds are crashed and broken up and things happen in life, we get depressed because we think that we were supposed to be that person. I think that's where worse comes in also definitely because we think we need to be this or societal standards. And we, when we talk about men and how they feel that they need to show up as this one thing that, and they're not meeting up or not allowed to be an expression in any other regard that it, 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 it kills us inside. Right. 
Yeah. Well, so you mentioned in part of my bio how I've been to the top of the mountain and then down and climb back up. Real briefly on that, I was at the top of the mountain owning my firm. We're growing gangbusters. Everything's going so well. And uh, I get terminated out of the blue because I had an advisor of mine and they had to buy me out and all, all ended up well. Like God always has a plan. I'm two and a half years removed. So I can speak with this with a little bit more uh grace and knowledge and understand it without getting emotional. But I was in the darkest spot when that happened because everything was going so well. And I had someone screw me over and the company bailed on me to avoid the lawsuit that I was now in. Okay. So now, so my identity was gone. So I was the owner of this firm, my title managing partner, you know, uh, all my traditions, all the people that I developed and recruited and everything that I knew outside of my family gone. And it was the second time in my life that I realized that. So the first time is when I stopped playing football in college. I didn't stop because of injury. I stopped out of my own volition, but I was known as the fo- a football player like that. That's who I was. So the second time I realized like, your identity can't be in anything else other than Christ. If you place it outside of that and you place it in who outside of who he thinks you are, uh, you're going to get hurt and you're going to lose your, you know, everything, your ego, your pride, uh, identity, all the things that uh, we have here on the surface world, on this earthly you know, place, not in a heavenly place. Like it's all gone. So when you get down to the bottom and when you get pushed into the gutter, and you're in your lowest spot, like the only thing you have is him. And that's where your identity needs to be. So if you, if you lose, if you lose that, if you lose your focus on him, then everything's at risk. Mm. Going back to know thyself and knowing that these, these worldly aspects of ourselves is not who we are. It's the authenticness of who we really are is more stemmed to to God, to source. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you get kicked down, I think that's probably the time where most people realize it the most. But it's like I I realized past that, that I was placing some idols, the company, my title, maybe money, a few other things above him. And I didn't stop believing. It's that my eye, my eyes were on something other than what was most important. So, and my memory came back to what I wanted to touch on, Josh, was that you mentioned that everything, uh, oh my gosh, I lost again. (laughs) What on earth? That is not normal for me. Um, Everything changes. There we go. Hello, coming back. So change is the only constant. And I wanted to go to that because, you know, because everything is always changing, you you said that biblically it is this who shall pass. And so my mind went to um, that was a very powerful statement that my mother always told me growing up. I grew up with an autoimmune disease. And so life was fragile for me in numerous points in life. And so when there would be days when I was down and I couldn't move and I couldn't get up and I couldn't physically function. And then there would be days where I'm doing great and I'm running and I'm using my body in a powerful way. And but the the biggest lessons that I learned out of that and when it finally started to come to a better understanding with when she's saying this too shall pass is that it is change. This too shall pass because the only constant is change. And I think that when we have that understanding, that concept, it for me, it really helps because I'm not going to be saddened or depressed or be in this identity crisis forever. That yep. There's that freedom of, of change and growth and a different perspective to become somebody new. Yeah. And I focused on this recently is change typically is good, especially in hindsight. However, transition is very hard and it's the transition that we don't like, whether it's quitting smoking, dropping weight, or even in my instance where I'm terminated and my business is ripped away from me. And right now, like looking back two and a half years, like if you sat here and asked me, Josh, would you, would you take that back? And although I miss my people and I I love them dearly, 
there's no way on God's green earth I would take that back. My my life is awesome now. And it's because I, you know, faith in God and building back and leaning into his plan. But like change is typically good. It's the transition that is typically very difficult for people. Well, it's the lessons and the knowledge that we gain. And I think that when we start to understand it in that perspective, no matter what comes our way, no matter what challenges come our way, because they will come, that's life. But there is this beautiful aspect of it where we can look at it in a positive, more grateful way, right? I am so happy and grateful that I get to experience this moment because, you know, of the lessons that I get to learn and the knowledge that I get to share from this experience that I'm having. (laughs) I, I laugh because actually I was sitting with a friend of mine having a cigar on Friday. And the topic of the person that uh, sued me came up and I said, I would, I don't remember what he asked, but I said, I would thank him. And you should have seen the look on his face. Like he was completely befuddled that I said, I would thank this person. And the reason I said it is like, like was being sued and, and backstabbed like that painful? Absolutely. But because of that, my life has changed drastically for the positive and therefore if I saw him again, I would say thank you. And I'm sure he would be utterly befuddled as well that I would say that to him. But that's that's where I'm at now. Yeah. And this is sort of going to the topic of forgiveness, but more so of an understanding, right, of, of another person or, you know, forgiveness, I think a lot is is really lifting the burden of those thoughts and emotions from us, you know, we're, we're freeing it because it's only really affecting us. Right. And so often Mm -hmm. the people that we feel around us, they, they don't care. They're not thinking about it. It's us where those thoughts are overpowering us and taking all of this room in our mind, body, and spirit. And we don't want that. So And it is for for us, it's very, very difficult to have an understanding of that or to allow that or to feel like it's okay to allow that. Like you said that your friend was, you know, so, oh my gosh, how could you do that? Why would you do that? It's a different place to go to. And I would say maybe more especially for men, because is that the manly thing to do to go there. I don't know if it's man or woman thing. Like, it's just one of those things where I think it's a mature person thing. Like you get to a point and yes, you are so right. Forgiveness, all the, all the different things that you would that weigh on our spirits, it only sucks the energy from us. And so if you're trying to maximize your life, you need to let things go. You need to forgive. You need to say, you know, you need to apologize to people that you need wanted to, that's somehow weighing on your spirit that you need to apologize to. You need to forgive people that probably don't deserve forgiveness. But guess what? You don't either. We're all flawed human beings. So it's one of those things like get the, get the poison out. Yeah. Well, you'll feel a lot better afterwards, won't you? <laughs> yeah. So Josh, you're, you're doing some really incredible things. I would love for you to share with the audience about what you're doing, that you have groups and programs, you have your own business. Share with us a little bit about the things that you're doing today. Yeah, thank you. So I get to work with business owners and high-performing individuals on a daily basis. And it just drives my joy because to see them succeed, my my biggest thing is I've seen too many business owners and entrepreneurs and high-performing people give everything to their business life and then leave the scraps for their personal life. And then all of a sudden something fails with it, whether it's marriage or relationship with their kids or their health and fitness. So my my goal is to bring people back and make sure that they have an integrated life. There is no balanced life. There is no such thing. But to have an integrated life with work and life, the rest of your life, and make sure that you're living the dreams that you want to live. So I have mastermind programs. I have one-on-one coaching. I do EOS implementation. And I have this beautiful property that I'm sitting in that I invite people out to where we have 80 acres and a, a horse arena and barn and lots lots of extra space to do a lot of fun things to get people out of their fluorescent lights and away from these computer screens 
and dive into themselves to get back to the world as a better human being. I love that. And that that always excites me where you can really take yourself out of the, the hustle and grind. So much of that is vital to us. And I think that we're coming to that understanding more and more. So I appreciate that you offer that to the world. Josh, it's been awesome to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show, sharing so much of what you do. What are you most excited about now? What are you creating uh, that's most exciting to you? Right now, I'm creating a mastermind, and it's really in its infancy, but I've been in a part of a lot of masterminds, and there's a ton of them out there, but I think they lack the integration. Like some are really good at sales, some are really good for entrepreneurs, some are really good for spiritual guidance, and I'm trying to create one that actually encompasses it all. So that's uh, that's I've really just started ideating on it, and really uh, passionate about that right now, where entrepreneurs or high-performing people can cross all of these bridges, and then that's the I should say that ties me into I have a very rough draft of my first book written right now that I'm excited about uh, that uh, hope to have released within the next six months here as I'm getting into the editing process and learning all the new book stuff that I had no clue and my English teachers would laugh that I even said out <laughs> loud that I wrote a book. So I, those are two things right now that I'm really passionate about in, in addition to everything. I, I love what I do, wouldn't change it. So everything I'm passionate about, but those two things are the newest. I'm excited about that. And and certainly you are you're bringing, you know, all of those different buckets that need to be a part of a coaching process or what have you and then sharing your story through a book. Those are all very powerful things and I think everybody should do. But, you know, it's for for those who are, you know, excited enough to do it and create it in the world that make a very big impact. So Josh, again, it's been lovely to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience today? I would just say that you guys can have everything that you want to have. You just have to be intentional. Don't let anyone beat you down. Don't let it your friends tell you you can or cannot. Don't let the world tell you you can or cannot. You just have to get intentional and prioritize. You got to prioritize your health. You got to prioritize your brain health. You got to prioritize your family. You got to prioritize your relationship with God. And then you have to get into the work stuff as well. And don't let yourself get into that guilt and shame cycle. Attack little things day by day. Put one foot in front of the other and you'll get it. That's a very good one to little <laughs> by little every single day. That's how it works, right? The consistency is key and uh, little bite sizes. So very awesome. You're doing a lot of incredible things. I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you, www.joshkosnick.com. It is also, for those of you listening in, it is in the description below. So you can always find the guest information in that description. Again, Josh, it has been wonderful to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. You're welcome. And thank you so much for our audience. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much for tuning in. And goodbye for now. We will see you next time.